I love you. Welcome back to the Couch Potatoes. I am the Green Traveler from Gorge. And this is a very different podcast than you thought it was. It's about... Yeehaw! Yeah, it's about, um, you know, living out on the ranch, getting green off yeah. that tobacco, mm. and, mm. Uh, you know, being faceless to the world because you're mm-hmm. off the grid. That's right, baby. Exactly. No, no Wi Fi, right. no nothing. That's what this show is. No government about. trackers on us. That's right. This is Green Faces on the Couch. I'm the Faces Leon. If I didn't say, I think I did. But it's a podcast about movies and TV. I lied about that other shit. So, <gasps> yeah. We don't lie. I, yeah, this is a okay. show about the truth. That's what it really is. <laughs> tr- tr- this is a truth show. <laughs> <social. laughs> We sleuthed it out for you. Uh, (laughs) So, what's the truth today is that we're talking about some new movies. Some 2020 Talking some new movies that are oddly, both of them, horror adjacent. Not intentionally going in, but surprisingly, both of them are horror adjacent. That's not to say there are horror horror elements in both, but neither of them are horrors. No. They're just adjacent. They're just next to it. Yeah. Lying yeah. alongside. Yeah, I think you could classify Day Shift as horror comedy, but it That's definitely true. hits the comedy a bit more. It's it's a yeah. vampire movie, but it's funny. That's Supernatural. What they did so, yes, it it's stars Jensen Ackles as uh, Jamie Foxx. <laughs> <laughs> and what's his fuck the other one as Snoop Dogg uh, the guy who plays Sam Winchester um, sure sure he has a name I think it's Jared Garrett <laughs> no Jared with a D I think Jared yeah ah I guess we could look Jared. it up is it worth it Jared P- no. Podlansky I think it's something with a P but it, but not Podlansky? it's not Jablonski though it's not Oh, I was close. It was Pat. It was Padalecki. Padalecki. Okay. And that is not the guy I imagined. For whatever reason, this photo of him—he looks so much different than I've only seen like the first two seasons of Supernatural. So that explains a lot, because you know that was 17 years ago. Yeah. But still, <laughs> so long ago. So uh, long, man. Well, I'll talk Anyways. about that show sometime. Yeah. Yeah, you'll have to because I don't ever plan to watch it again. I don't know if I could do I 17 have... years, man. Or however yeah. long it oh, They've was. only done 15 seasons. They took some breaks, apparently. Okay. But yeah, we're coming at you with a vampire comedy film. The last vampire comedy I can think of that I watched was... Uh, uh, it's the one with David Tennant. Uh, and, uh, and yes. Anton um, Yelchin. Fright Night. Fright Night. Yes. I was going to yeah. say Freaky Friday. Freaky Friday, Fright Night. <laughs> Freaky Friday, Fright Night. <laughs> I love that movie. That's one of my favorite, like, horror comedies. Like, top ten. Like, it's not in the top five, but it's it's a decent horror comedy. Uh, so, Day Shift, you know, it's got a lot to live up to because horror comedies are a thing I love. Yeah, they're and, uh they're, they're pretty niche. Yeah, they, they are. They are indeed. I won't, I won't say that this one broached the top 25, but it was enjoyable enough that... Here we are. I We're talking about. It. Do you want to? Do you want to synopsize this one? Sure. Or shall I? <clears throat> sure. 
Why not? So Bud Jablonski, but... he goes around disguised as a pool cleaner. This is Jamie Foxx's yeah, character, by the way. Um, but he is a vampire hunter, and mm-hmm. he hunts vampires uh, for their like. You, you turn in the fangs. Obviously, you do it because vampires are evil and they kill people. But you turn in the well, fangs. That's, yeah, that's their reasoning for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. you turn in the fangs and you get money, depending on what type of vampire, how old they were, and whatnot. Um, and there's a union for this. And there is a union for unions. this. Bud is not in the union. He's been kicked out. Yeah, for uh, good for reasons. Good, for good reasons, apparently. <laughs> um, <clears throat> he breaks every rule in the book. He gets people hurt. He, he, they, he literally, they literally say that he hunted vampires next door to a child's birthday party. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, bro, like... I mean, I understand vampires are one thing, but it's very possible, like, as they've shown in every single time they have a vampire hunt in this movie, that bad shit goes down when you try to hunt a vampire because they don't want to die. They don't want to die, which, you know, neither do I, so I get it. But, exactly. you know, they've had more chances than I have. (laughs) Right. And being being a father of his own, you would expect Jamie Foxx's Bud Jablonski to be like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't hunt vampires right next to a children's birthday party. Yeah, maybe. I, I think I think there's good reason he was kicked out of the union. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but at this point, he's not making enough money. Um, and Jocelyn, his separated wife, is planning on taking uh, what's Paige, his daughter, to florida yeah florida Um, yeah why ever you would but yeah apparently it's cheaper to live there like they live in la so yeah that makes sense (laughs) but i don't know why you have to move across the entire country i think it was a job opportunity for her or something like that it was was either that or she had like family maybe uh yeah maybe maybe it. it was family and, and uh, Jocelyn, the mo- the wife, is uh, played by Megan Good. Thank and you. Paige, the daughter, is Zion Broadnax. That's right. I assume. <laughs> <laughs> it could be French. Maybe it's Brodna. Brodna. Maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's trying to make more money, but he can't. Because uh, the, the guy, the pawn dealer, who is that guy from uh, from Fargo... Um, <laughs> that's right. I can't remember. Uh, can't... Troy, Troy, Peter, Peter Stormare. Yeah, was it though? I yeah, thought yeah, Troy he's was in Fargo. A different. Okay, yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah. All right. For some reason, once they find okay, spoilers. Troy dies, and <gasps> they come across his body. And for some reason, I thought it was a different person. And that's because he doesn't have a face anymore. So. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah. <laughs> but anyhow, this guy that he sells teeth to, he's not giving him a good enough deal. And he's got to make enough money for Jocelyn to stay with Paige. And so he begs to get back into the union. And he does so with his friend Big John Elliott, the, the black cowboy. Hell <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I baby. that was the that was the drawing interest for me because you know i saw the i saw the poster when it, this movie came out a couple months ago and i saw jamie fox 
and I saw, you know, horror comedy vampire, and I was just like, eh, it probably won't live up. I love Jamie Foxx, but I was just like, nah, I don't know. But then I saw Snoop Dogg right next to Jamie Foxx, and I was like, you know what? You know what? We gotta give this one a swing. <laughs> so, there's a couple of things in this movie that are, like, written in, but don't really matter for the plot, like, in any way yeah. at all. One of these things is that Snoop Dogg and Jamie Foxx fought served together um yeah and that's really just you know for them to know each other and then they fight together but they didn't need to serve together to fight together or be friends so no i mean it it does set up it does set up their their chemistry in regards to the battle like you know at the end i guess you know that kind of They kind of have a rapport working together. Yeah. There's a couple other things about this movie that are kind of like that, though, that are just like, you don't need that. We'll get into a big one soon. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyhow, he he finally gets the um, guy who runs the, I think it's Ralph. Yeah. Ralph Seeger, played by Eric Lange. um, Ralph Seeger. He's like the head of the union. He gets him to let him in, uh, being vouched by Big John, and he lets him work the day shift. But Jamie's like, I can't make enough money on the day shift. What are you talking about? But we have the night shift. He's right. like, I'm not going to put you on a night shift. You're on a probationary period. And by the way, yeah. here's this guy named Seth, and he's going to follow you around, even though he knows dipshit about being a vampire hunter. He just knows the <laughs> rules. Oh. <laughs> uh. I love Seth too. Seth yeah, played Seth by Dave Franco. Really funny. the The buddy cop yeah. part of this is pretty great. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of funny how Dave Franco's become the good Franco. Like, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I haven't heard much about. He's laying low, James. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I think he's probably doing the right thing right now. Yeah. I I don't. Uh, you know. Going through therapy, hopefully, like yeah. learning, learning what he did wrong. If he did things wrong, I don't right. remember all the, if, yeah. you know, whether right. all the accusations were proven. I trust the victims on that one. Sure. But sure. Makes me sad because I really like James Franco's I acting, do. but and I still really love Dave Franco's acting too, especially like <laughs> this yeah. show. He is so funny. He is really funny. The chemistry between him and Jamie Foxx is pretty pretty fucking great like i didn't expect it no i didn't either <laughs> especially at first uh because you know jamie is, it, bud rather is so against the idea of having yeah. this guy tail along he's like i'm not going to be able to do what i need to do to get the job done right which is break all the rules um, <laughs> yeah, Bud's like Bud's really fun of a character when he's a father like when you see him as a yeah, father you're like i like really him cute. he's funny yeah. he's he's humorous but when you see him interact with other people, because he is not a sociable person, yeah, you know, like it, when you see him interact with the the president of the union, when you see him interact with with Seth at first, he's kind of a dick, and like an unnecessary dick at times too. You know, like at we times. all have those moments where we're yeah, where we're unnecessarily dickish. But like, there's moments where he'll just do something. I'm like, bro, yeah, back her up. You know, about six there, six notches. You know, you don't need to be coming at at you know at Ralph Seeger this this angrily. <laughs> but uh, but like, you also kind of get where he's coming from because as as you mentioned, 
he did serve he did have you know military experience and now he's you know trying to do this thing of you know killing vampires yeah yeah yeah, but he's struggling because you know he's not making the money and everything and his his he's ostracized from his family kind of thing like it makes sense i will i will understand like his attitude but at first with seth i loved seth he was such a teddy bear and i'm just like Jamie, like, give him right. some credit, man. That, this guy is, like, trying. Yeah, he is trying. Like, he, okay, so they get to a place to hunt some vampires. It's like a bowling alley. Yeah, it's a bowling alley. Yeah. And yeah. Bud's like, you stay in the car, because otherwise you'll get killed. And here's a gun. And he's like, I, I, don't, I don't believe in guns. And he's like... You're in Vampire Hunting Club. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, but I'm in accounting. (laughs) Yeah. And so he he leaves him with the gun. And for some reason, Seth decides, which thankfully, because Bud was going to die, Seth decides to go into the bowling alley. And uh, he didn't bring the gun. (laughs) No. (laughs) The best part, like... That movie, that that scene has like a lot of the, you know, the the reasons I like and hate this movie because this movie has a lot of issues that bothered me, and it, and it's a lot of just like the dumb things that it's a comedy movie. I know I shouldn't be thinking about it, but in that scene, when when uh, Seth goes in there to save Bud, you know he does. He helps Bud out. Bud is like Bud's on the ground with a vampire on him, and he's like holding his teeth at bay from biting at him, mm-hmm. you know, and he's just like he's doing everything he can to survive. Seth comes in, somehow saves him. When Bud gets back up, he points a gun at Seth. And Seth is like, oh my god, are you going to shoot me? And he's like, no, duck. Mm-hmm. And then Seth ducks down and a, and a vampire pops up behind him. Yeah. You know, it's like, it wasn't running, you know, there's no reason to point the gun at Seth because there's no vampire running or anything. It's on the ground. Point it at the ground. <laughs> like, I don't understand why he points it at Seth and he's like, duck. And then the vampire's like, this is my cue to jump up and get shot in the face. <laughs> like, what is this scene for? Like, it's funny, but it makes me question all the choreography and everything. I'm like, th- there's so many moments of that, you know, that of yeah. that where it's like, um, it's a it's a director's first movie. It's um, J.J. Perry. Yeah. Written by Tyler Tice and Shay Hatton. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's his first movie. So like, I don't want to like rag on like that kind of stuff, but if he ever does hear this, don't do that kind of stuff for the next <laughs> movie. Make it, make it make sense. Like it's like, it can still be a comedy. It still makes sense. You know, yeah. like that, that scene specifically, if he's going to point the gun at Seth and say duck, when Seth ducks, there should be a vampire running up from behind. Yeah, yeah. It should make or sense why the gun like there. hiding in the shadow or something right next yeah, to the door. Or something. something. Yeah, I get, I get what you but mean. But that's that's my nitpick corner. I, what I thought Let's you were gonna say, what I we? thought you were gonna say about that was, yeah. you were like, why are they playing Assassin's Creed rules and not all attacking at the same time? And, that too. Yeah. yeah, and I was thinking maybe there's vampire code because you know they do feed off of their victims. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I think you get to eat that guy. They- I think you can kind of excuse it in the dialogue that Seth delivers later when they're hunting with those mm. dude bros. Right. Because, um, yeah, when they go hunting with these two twin brothers. Nazarian. Who are, uh, the Nazarian thank brothers. Thank you. Mike and Duran, yes. played by... Uh, played by Steve Howey and Scott Adkins. Yeah. 
Sky Atkins sounds like a familiar name. They have this oh, well. bit where they spit their gum back and forth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's gross, <laughs> man. It's they so share weird. everything. We share everything. Yeah. <laughs> But like when they when they hunt together with uh, with Seth and Bud, Seth once they kill all these vampires in his building, Seth is like, "Whoa, this doesn't make sense." You know, there's there's four different sects of vampires, yeah, and it's like you can see sect A, you know, pairing up with any of the other sects, but these two will not ever pair together, and these two, it's like so. Yeah. Maybe in the bowling alley you can excuse it because maybe they were different types of vampires and they didn't like hunting together. Maybe they're just maybe. like. Oh. Maybe you know, it is possible. Yeah. So I can make excuses while I nitpick. After I can, the bowling alley, <laughs> after the bowling alley scene, I just want to mention that there's a running gag that Seth kind of pees his pants every time. <laughs> yeah. And and when they're hunting with the Nazarians, he's like, "Dude, did you piss your pants?" And they're like, "Super Russian." And he says, "Yeah, it's my thing." And Bud's like, "Don't brag about that." <laughs> thing i do this <laughs> i love it oh, it's so funny so you want to complain about heather so <laughs> i do i want to complain about heather i'm ready to man uh, like, nothing against there's this neighbor of buds <laughs> nothing he, against he comes natasha. home natasha yeah Liu, uh bordizo but thank you yeah he gets home and he, you know, he lives in an apartment complex because he's down on his luck. You know, that's that's what that's you know, if you're if you're down on your luck, of course you live in apartments. They're not saying anything about me at all. But he he's he's walking up the stairs to his apartment, and he bumps into this lady named Heather. Uh, she's carrying her laundry, and he like knocks her laundry down on accident, and oh, he's just yeah. like, "Oops, sorry." And, and she was turning to go down the stairs too, mind you. She was she was making her way down the stairs when he bumps into her. And then they go back he helps up. put her stuff back. Yeah, he yeah. helps put her stuff back into the basket. And then they go to her door. And, you know, he's just like, oh, you but live here? They and she's like, yeah, that makes sense with what the real problem with this character is. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But this is the first time he's met her, this too. Is the they, first they, time they introduce each yeah. other then. She invites him in for beer. He he helps. He comes inside carrying, like, whatever he had, you know, yeah, knocked down. They, she had two baskets. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's carrying one in for her, and he's like, oh, you got a different layout than I do. Yeah. Yeah. That's rad. That's cool. It's so weird. And she's just like, yeah, she's like, you want some beer? And he's like, nah, I'm okay. And then he leaves. And it's like very awkward. Yeah. Like, it, it's, like it's, they it's, sit it up like a, a meet cute. Like she's going to be some yeah. kind of love interest. And, you know, he's separated from his wife. So that, yeah, that, yeah, that makes like, sense. It makes sense. But it's still just a very strange meet cute. And then the next scene that you see her, she's a vampire trying to kill him. And and, and he's like he's making it out like they were friends. Like, yeah, he's, he's like, just like I trust you. you. <laughs> Heather, no, it can't be you. <laughs> he's like, this makes so much sense. They were using you to get close to me. He said that. I yeah, remember him saying that. Yeah. They were using you to get close to me. And I'm like, how? You <laughs> met her two scenes ago. Yeah. Like, it was so confusing. It, definitely something's missing. There's some deleted scenes, yeah. something yeah. that was supposed to set her up more. And they were just like, nah, nah, nah. We need more time with Snoop Dogg shooting shit. Okay. And that's fine. I get it. And then she's his sidekick after that. 
It's yeah. <laughs> it's their relationship is a roller coaster, man. <laughs> that was another weird thing. Is uh, again, spoilers. I'm sorry. There's a moment where Seth gets turned, and there's a lot that goes on there between Jamie and Seth. But somehow, Seth and Heather are both good vampires, even though they've established that there's only four types of vampires. And all of them are, like, mental crazy motherfuckers. Right. Apparently there's a, a fifth sect that can be good? I think the, that what they were conveying is that it's a misconception that all of them are just straight evil. Like, you know, they're hungry, so they're just... they're hungry creatures, but, yeah. uh, you know, they still have a human brain in there. So I think that's gotcha. what they're trying to convey. Especially... Since earlier, they're like, "Don't you try me with that?" Oh, I'm one of the good vampires. <laughs> this is <a> Twilight. <laughs> That's right. I do remember that actually. Uh, so okay, so it's like I guess I guess it makes sense. I was happy that that happened because when yeah. Seth turned, I was very upset because he was my right. favorite character, and it seemed like they had just gotten to be buddies. Yeah. And it yeah, it, yeah, it was I was kind of sad at first, but what happens is really funny. <laughs> so. It is really funny. I do enjoy it. We won't spoil the rest of it. Um, uh, I do want to do set up talk Go about ahead. the villain, but you know, the, yeah, the yeah, plot was, of the yeah, story. That's what I was so, do too. Uh, yeah. Audrey San Fernando is this elder vampire played by Carla uh Souza. She uh it, it's like a lot of the um, vampire lore, they say that the families came from Mexico, is what yeah. happened. So, and there's a big one. There's a there's a there's a huge one. Like, I think named El Jefe. Was it El Jefe? Maybe or something like that. One of her rivals or something. Audrey yeah, Charles. yeah, yeah. And that's like what that. I wanted to talk about. Was they they set up this this background universe so it's like they think there could be sequels sure which is hilarious to me i, I mean i'm okay if there is a sequel I'd watch it's just it, they definitely were like i think building up this el jefe character and he never appeared so i'm just like ooh, we got a i thought we got a villain for yeah, the sequel here yeah i'm kind of hoping he's a little bit more nosferatu like that'd be fun like that'd be fun yeah, yeah. uh but anyways obviously carla souza is is very attractive human but she is the boss queen, and she's come up a way to make vampire sunscreen. So, yeah. <laughs> so that is her plan, is for the vampires to take over the day, like they already rule the night. And uh, also, while she's trying to, uh, you know, be a vampire entrepreneur, Bud Jablonski goes and kills her daughter, who's an 80-year-old woman. <laughs> 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 yeah that was his first his first kill of the movie even yeah which is yeah sets it all up man sets it all it's, up. it's great it's expert storytelling <laughs> <laughs> well i'm not so sure about that but it was a lot of fun should we do it was fun yeah yeah closing I, I enjoyed it enough i like i like snoop dog i thought snoop dog was hilarious yeah. i like giving him a big gun Having yeah. him in a cowboy costume with a cigar, and you know, just a little blunt, a but blunt, like yeah. beautiful stuff. Good, oh, good, good stuff. And the, uh, uh, there was one thing right at the end when he, I'm not gonna. Ah, uh, never mind. Can't say that. So there's this part with him where I swear his blunt, his uh, not his blunt, his joint turns into a a blunt in the next. 
in the next frame. It's so funny. Like, he must have smoked he's it. The fastest, he, he must he's the fastest have, chain smoker uh, in the West. But I'm saying, like, he must have smoked it during the shoot, and he's like, well, this time I'm smoking a blunt. I don't care what yeah. you guys say. And the continuity director was like, come on, man, we gotta, come he's on, like, hit man. this shit. He's, and yeah, the continuity hit director shit. hit it was just like, alright, alright, you're all okay. Right. You're right. It don't matter. <sighs> Nobody will notice. We noticed. Well, we it noticed. was hilarious. Like, it, I, I kind of hoped that it was a continuity joke because it was really yeah. funny. <laughs> I didn't notice it, but, like, everything to do with Snoop Dogg was funny. And, you know, I always loved Dave, uh, Jamie Foxx. Dave mm-hmm. Franco was hilarious in this. It's just, they, they, there's a lot that doesn't click with the family, you know, aspect, like, I feel like there could have been more drama or more humor. Like, there's something that's just, like, not completely there. It, but it is still a very fun film. I will give it two and a half stars. I think the best joke was playing body count while having them just absolutely brutalize, like, hundreds <laughs> of 200 vampires. Yeah, that was fun. That was good stuff. That was <laughs> yeah. a fun scene. The action is good. I, I, I forgot oh. to say, the action and the choreography is really fun. Like, mm-hmm. they, they have a lot of good kills that are just, like just hilariously silly i will say that jamie fox's signature move of putting wire over a doorway to decapitate them works every time it (laughs) works every time it's really well set up until the very finale sorry when he uses it again and i'm just like when did you set that up (laughs) really when did you set it up because it doesn't work yeah. Didn't your wife walk through there? No, I I don't know. If yeah. Fucking but... <laughs> <laughs> real. So, like, like, it makes no sense. He's just like, he gets knocked into a room and he gets back up and then, like, a vampire rushes him, gets the head cut off, and he's like, ha, works every time. I'm like, that wasn't there like two seconds ago and you were just on the ground before, before it started rushing you. So, how did you have time to stretch it across there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what it is 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 like a razor thin retractable strip of silver plated metal yeah so Mm -hmm. yeah so silver vampires i guess i I thought that was always more werewolves but in this universe it's it's vampires too my favorite joke since you mentioned yours (laughs) it was so silly (laughs) it's it's so (laughs) bud has this yellow stuff like like it's like turmeric oh, it's like turmeric garlic and well like it looks like turmeric is what it looks like yeah, but he yeah. says there's garlic in it and like some other stuff and it, it's to wash the scent of vampire blood off of you i think and he gives it to uh Seth after the bowling alley and he's like go take this use a handful of it wash it everywhere but don't get it in your eyes and definitely don't get it in your butthole. And <laughs> Seth is like, okay. And he comes back out and his eyes are so sad, like puppy dog sad, like Seth, like you know, Dave Franco could do. And he's like, You alright? And he's like, I-, I definitely got it in my butthole. And he's like, Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> so much it's so funny <laughs> you're gross you're sick that must be it no it was hilarious i was i give it a, a i it give it a funny. face a strong face I, I i i definitely can't say it's like the best movie but it's definitely the movie that tickled me the most uh comedy wise that i've seen in a long time if that's I recall. good 
That's good. But we don't watch that many comedies on here, to think about it. That's true. We need to fix that next year. More yeah, comedies. Maybe. Yeah. Because if this is if this is top tier comedy for the year, <laughs> we're screwed. <laughs> hey, listen, you know the straight like the the comedies that they put out that are like theater going comedies. I I yeah. haven't liked them for like the last fifteen years. Oh, maybe more. There've been some, but like yeah, they're just not like yeah, I, no, something I happened to our humor as a whole. And I didn't like it, apparently. <laughs> yeah, we stopped. We started it. <laughs> this is going to sound bad, but it's because we started attacking com- comedians, and now everybody's like, How do we tell safe jokes? <laughs> and it's like, Just tell jokes. Just tell jokes. And if you say yeah. something wrong, you make sure you apologize and atone for it. Right. And try not to be racist. Like, yeah, obviously, like, race is off. You but can, like, yeah, just steer away from the racist stuff and then go at it. You yeah. Know? And then people yeah, are like, hey, There's still so many good jokes. That's not good. <laughs> then you can just say, take inspiration oh, okay. from George Carlin. You can find the humor in everything. <laughs> just watch George Carlin; he'll get you there. He'll get you. We're gonna do true. that. We're gonna take. We're gonna take a water pop break, and we're just gonna blast through the entirety of George Carlin, and we'll come back. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> See you tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> we'll be right back. I love you. Hello. This is the beginning of the end. The beginning of a film called The Wonder. Oh, that's right. The people you are about to meet, the characters, believe in their stories with complete devotion. We are nothing without stories, and so we invite you to believe in this one. That was the beginning of this movie. That was uh, very weird, very Uh off-putting. Sorry to to drop us back in a cold open like that from a break. Sorry. But that's this film. This film is very weird and off-putting immediately. Like it's it's it starts off with a long shot of a film set. You see uh you see a set in construction. Uh-huh. And you have this eerie music that's kind of like right out of the 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 witch kind of like it's like that. Not it's not a chorus, but it's it I think it's like a violin, right? Wasn't it like a it was very eerie like yeah, I think there's some violin. There's some strings, some high string action going on there. Yeah, it's something, something strange. Something strange. It, it, it's unnerving. And immediately, it's immediately unnerving. And you have this, you have this voiceover that's telling you that this is a movie. You know, it's it's literally straight up being like, "Hey, motherfucker!" It, it says this is the beginning of a film called The Wonder. And, you know, it's, it's really off-putting. You're immediately, I at least, was immediately like, what is this? Because I didn't watch a trailer. I didn't know anything about this movie. Mm-hmm. And as it started to unfold, I was just weirdly captivated. Like, yeah. I, I, was, I found myself just, like, really weirdly drawn in because the story is about a nurse. Um, let me get her name here. It's Florence uh, Pugh. It's uh, Mrs. Wright. Elizabeth Wright. Yes. Lib. She goes by Lib. Yeah, but it yes, takes a while to is. get to know that. Yeah, right. Like, that was the thing. Is like, I watched it with subtitles, so it kept saying Lib. And I was like, I don't know who Lib is. <laughs> like, <laughs> because they never called her that. She was yeah, always, she was ca- always it's like Mrs. The, right. The, the end of the second act. <laughs> well, maybe a little yeah. It's in the second act somewhere. that they f- Somewhere. Because the... There's a long time where Anne, that's the girl's name. Who plays Anne, though? Keela Lord Cassidy. Thank you. She wants to get a nickname 
for her nurse. Oh, yeah. Because she wants to be friends with her. But uh, Mrs. Wright is trying to keep her professional scientific distance. Yeah. So the, the, the crux of the story is it, it takes place just after the Irish famine. As an uh, Irish descendant, I was immediately, again, very interested in this because yeah. you don't see the Irish famine talked about a lot in film or, or you know, yeah. like there's not a lot of stories. There's right. a lot of stories that come from it, of course, and I know there's a lot of movies based off of it. There's a lot. But it's not something that gets a lot of attention. Right. I feel like there's a lot more movies about people migrating to America than there are right. about the people that are still there. Who remained. Yeah. Yeah. And there's this there's this wonder. There's this in this very small village, there is this this is like twenty years, I think, after the famine. Uh, something like that. It's, 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 it's a while after, but everybody's still reeling from it. Everybody is still, you know, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of turmoil still left over from the famine. Yeah. And there's this, there's this girl, young Anna, Anna O'Donnell, who won't eat. She doesn't need it. She's fine without it. She's, she's gone four months so far without eating any food. She's healthy. She looks, she's doing okay. And it's it's wondrous to these people who who suffered through this hunger, who right. you know they're they're, like she won't they're all die. very deeply religious, yeah. And they see this this young girl as a as a new saint, right? A saint come upon because them. she's claiming to be feeding off of manna. Yeah, that's right, from, from heaven. heaven, manna from heaven. And so this this council of males <laughs> in this village, including Toby Jones. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, Toby Jones is in this. I forgot about that. It was kind of funny when he showed up, too. Yeah. I was just like, ah, hey, oh, yeah, the dream yeah. doctor from Doctor Who and, like, a thousand other projects. Right. <laughs> so, doctor, he's Dr. McBertie in this. McBertie. Yeah. And he brings, he's the one who brings Lib on because he wants to do a right. scientific study of it. And they and they also bring, because, again, they're, they're deeply religious, they bring on a nun as mm-hmm. well. Miss Wright, the Florence Pugh. And this nun, Sister Michael, I believe, played by Josie you. Walker. She, they, they, they're going to take shifts, you know, and they won't talk to each other. They won't discuss. Well, they won't discuss the case to each other specifically, right? You know, Lib will will watch and sit with Anna, I think, throughout the morning or whatever, and then you know, at the end of her shift, the nun will come in and sit with her for the right. rest of the time of that day or night. And to be clear, Sister Michael is a trained nurse. That's she's, true. She's yes. just yeah. a nun. Yeah. So, and they're both they're both there to like you know to to watch Anna to see if she's healthy to to try to discover if there's any you know illegitimate means behind right. how she can yeah. how survive. is she getting sustenance? Watch her. Yeah. See how it's happening. Yeah. Is she really feeding off of off of manna from heaven? And what unfolds is just it's hard to explain without just without spoiling spoiler. it. And I don't really want to yeah, spoil that it. That is true. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like there will be some things that we have to talk about. There's, yeah. there's, um, Anna has a brother who died recently, an older brother. It wasn't and... the famine though. It was something else. No, they it made wasn't it through the famine. Yeah, something else. And then he died of something else. I don't remember. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think they ever explained really. I don't think there's. I, I, I think maybe they said it was a sickness, like that he got sick. Yeah, like, I, I like. I kind of, I kind of get the feeling that it was a flu too, but I don't know if I, if they said that or if I just implicitly, like, if right. I implied it, right. based off the things, because that's a lot. There's a lot in this film 
that is said, but you have to read into it. You have to look into the words because, you know, there's, there's just so much. It's kind of like Power of the Dog. It has a lot of, uh, if you remember, like, Power of the Dog being like that, that Western with Benedict Cumberbatch and, oh, right. um, yeah, it's got a lot of that where it's like, you gotta let it unfold. There's a story. Yeah. Yeah, there's a story on the surface. It's gonna unfold and you can see what happens as it unfolds, but at the same time, there's a lot happening under the surface, like, emotionally and everything that, like, it, it's not just all blatantly apparent, you know, it's not, right. it's not just thrown at you. And I appreciate this movie for that, I do. I don't know, it, it's gonna stick with me. This movie definitely stuck with me. But there's so much of it that's so unconventional that... I feel like I wasn't watching the the movie so much as trying to like make excuses for the movie. I guess you're trying trying to. to, I'm trying to like decipher it. You're trying to give reason to the choices that the directors and cinematographers have made. And I'm not. (sighs) And I'm not a religious um, individual. In this movie, there's again at that that opening. Where it's like we're all we're nothing without stories, and the stories are only as powerful as what we give into them. Mm-hmm. And you know this this whole movie is trying to like as again at the beginning it tells you we invite you to believe in these stories, and the whole town wants to believe in this saint. Yeah, all, this whole village does. But Florence Pugh, who you find out has also, I'll say, suffered loss. Yeah, you find out that she is not that religious that like that focused no. on she's finding a scientific reason for why this is happening right. and she and wants to know to and toby jones's character who is her boss in this endeavor he is so excited about the possibility of a new discovery that he is right. just anything that lib brings up that's like common sense or uh you know hey you're not looking at this objectively he just writes it off because it's like, listen, yeah. you're just a nurse. Just watch. And and then even when she comes forward with information that is pertinent to the watch. They refuse it. Yeah, that the this panel of men, they're just like, No, no, this is this is yeah. real. Yeah. I think there's one it's, person it's... who's actually a skeptic on the on the panel. It's not Toby Jones's character though. It's it's somebody no, else. Yeah. And I do like it. I like all the messages. I like what they're like. They're trying to set up and everything. I think they do a, a, a pretty good job at it. But it's like that third act. There's so much that happens after that. After she gives them that pertinent information, there's so much that just just is thrown at you. That I don't know. It's like it's kind of like there's there's almost too much that you're trying to to figure out. Like mm. what's the meaning behind everything? Right. Like all these choices. Specifically, yeah. like, she burns the house. There's a moment where she burns, where Florence Pugh burns the house. Uh-huh. And I'm just like, what is happening here? Like, the, everything that happens in that third act, I'm trying to, like, rack my brain around who, like, what the daughter feels, what, what Florence Pugh's character's right. feeling. Like, I'm trying to, trying to make it all make sense, but, like, it just feels like there's something, there's a disconnect. Right. between me and what's going on and it could be the it religious is, angle yeah, it really could be it is hard to talk about without giving away stuff but with the burning down the house part was to cover her tracks for what she's done and it seems yeah. like Anne, very much at that moment wanted out of the situation so right but where was the where was the family they were and at then, church 
They're at a big mass. Okay. Yeah, they, that's, oh, that's why right. she did that's it right. there. Yeah. Because Anne but couldn't like, go to the to mass. But then there's the thing that the sister, that the nun says afterwards where she's like, but when I was coming to the burning house, you know, she's like, I saw a vision of, uh, I'll say, Anna riding away right. on horseback. And she said she was with her mother. <laughs> or she thought she was with her mother on horseback, right? Was it her mother or was it, it with was, an angel? It was an angel. An angel. A big, strong okay. angel, I think. I think that's right. Yeah, I think what she was describing. Man, I just don't right. want to give away. Yeah, no, I, w- I wouldn't give it away. I think I know what she was describing. Okay. Like, I understand yeah. that. Okay, but for whatever reason, I thought like the family was also in on it. I'm just like, I don't understand the family's motives around everything either. Well, like, it seems to me that the father might have legitimately believed but the mother was putting the The dollar through this spoilers because she was angry about the son and like that's what it all came down to like i i I got it i did like Mm -hmm. it made sense when we get to the end but as i was trying to I, i feel like as i was watching it i was spending too much time trying to dissect everything right and like i couldn't and because it, it might have been because the movie invited me to do this at the beginning, where it's just like, remember, this is a story. And I'm like, okay, when I hear stories, I like to dissect. Yeah. Like, that's what I like to do. And because it's because I'm fucking weird. But like, <laughs> but like, I don't know. I feel like this movie, like, if I hadn't been focusing on that and just been watching it, I think I would have had a more, like, I still liked it. I still really liked it. But in that third act, I think I was just way too focused and confused and not enjoying enough because like like even with the sister when she says that i'm just like did you know what was going on like are you saying that like you legitimately think this is a vision or are you just trying to sugarcoat your words she was trying to be sly as to let lib know what she was talking about but not everybody else around them because I yeah. think the Ryans were in and out of the hospital. So were the police because they were right. looking for Anne. But the house was entirely yeah. burned down. So there was no evidence. Which makes her completely implicit in establishing the saint-like character. And it's just like... That is true. From a religious from a religious standpoint, it's like, that's awful. It like, is, it is. But is it awful? But right, yeah. It is like, there's <laughs> this movie does the good, a really good thing with someone doing the ro- a wrong thing for the right reasons. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because it gives a lot of people hope and when they needed it. Yeah. So it's like, there's a lot of, there's, there's so much to this movie. There's so much like subtlety and everything. Like I really was it blown was away by it. It was very interesting. I was very yeah. drawn in and very focused on what was going on during it and then it also it's bookended because it has another you know at the end they cut back to like they go they, they yeah they they're watching one the scene set. and they'll pan over yeah. yeah right back to that that you know film set that's under construction except now the uh okay the narrator I, I thought it was i thought the narrator was the sister yeah the narrator was the same actor who played the sister kitty o'donnell anna's sister that is uh neom auger um, but she's in like is modern she clothes. I de- I yeah. never quite understood how what her relation to anything going on in this story. Maybe the family's last name is Ryan. So, and she's an O'Donnell. I know that she knew the journalist character, who I guess we didn't talk about. His name is O'Donnell. Being now I'm confused. Oh man, I don't remember. There's this. 
there's this journalist character who's coming to write about it and he blames yeah. before he even knows what's going on he blames the family and the doctors by of murder by degree william burn tom burn here's another in the cast list another o'donnell character no picture there's so many man <laughs> malaki i'm not sure if that's how malachi is that how you spell malachi maybe that's a way to spell it that's not the way i would spell it but that is uh i feel like that's a very irish way to spell it oh you're right the little girl's name is anna o'donnell i've been wrong this whole time who are the fucking ryans oh they're the innkeeper's family that's right yeah the innkeeper had like seven daughters or something like that okay. <laughs> okay that makes a lot more sense that's right. I completely forgotten the innkeeper. Honestly, like the innkeeper's family and William Byrne himself. I know that he William comes to play in big at the end, but like their whole characters were pretty much useless for most of this plot. Like William was there to give Lib some like romantic interest and like yeah. some like an out from the village. You know, he was an outside connection to the real world. Someone who that, has like similar thinking. To, to her yeah. a lot more educated thinking than yeah than some of these people. someone who can yeah who can keep her grounded when the, her you know the religiousness of this whole experience was willing to like lift right. her up because she was like you know she was she was willing to believe you know she was willing to like she wanted to actually like there's moments where she's just like yeah maybe it's true because know, because it. anna's so genuine yeah, yeah she loves anna and yeah, I guess to get into closing statements, like, it, it definitely hit a bell. I really do like this, like, what this movie did. I don't think I'll come back to it. You know, it's not one that I'll, like, watch a lot. Maybe I'll watch it with somebody, like, years down the line. It's like, and But it's, yeah. like, it's 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 like Power of the Dog. It's it's a very intriguing story that, you know, I I, I was moved by in, in ways but I, I, I'm only going to give it three stars. You know, it's like, it's got good cinematography. I think that the cinematographer was actually the same guy who did Power of the Dog, Ari Wagner. Let me look this. Maybe not. Lady, oh, yeah, Power of the Dog. Okay, cool. It was. Yeah, so it was the same cinematographer. So maybe that's why it felt so similar. Maybe. It has a similar eye. But I did love the cinematography. Cinematography was beautiful. Yeah, it was pretty. But, it was very man. dark and moody without being like yeah. over the top with that and that's oh yeah to go back to the beginning because we said i said that, it was, that both of these films were horror adjacent this movie uses the the music was by matthew herbert and like it the the music lends itself to like this is a horror film right because it, it feels very much like that it's like a lot of stringed instruments and like high-pitched sometimes going really right. fast like a lot it gets, of it gets under a nerve. Yeah, a lot of this happens when Lib is taking drugs. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, I, for, I completely she, forgot about that. She's either taking some kind of morphine or laudanum or something. I think it was laudanum. I don't know that they showed a label or anything, but maybe they did. But yeah, it, she's reeling from it, whatever it is. And it is those scenes are interesting, and the way they tie it in with what's going on in the story because it's always at night. Because that's like yeah. kind of her nightly ritual. Um, she, it helps. I think that's why I think it's laudanum because it, it helps her. She does it to sleep. Right. To like not dream of everything. Right. So, but I feel like 
I know morphine's usually for pain, but I, I, I don't know. They'd like to prescribe yeah. that medicine, so. <laughs> right. Yeah, but I, I, I think laudanum was prescribed to help with, well, no, I don't think it was prescribed it, it was ever. Prescribed <laughs> to, well, it was, it was prescribed to... Uh, I don't think she was taking it under prescription. I think she was. I think she might have been because I think it was prescribed for mental illness a lot of times and grief being among, uh, like long term grief being among yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. She was a nurse. She might have access to these drugs and is just that's taking care of the what fuck she wants. <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm thinking. I'm thinking she was just stealing blood, though. Uh, so, did you give it a, uh, a rating in your closing uh, statement? Uh, three stars. I'll give three it three stars. stars. It's nice. it's it's enjoyable. I do I do really like it. And I do recommend it. But yeah. just it, it 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 might trigger some people. I think. Oh uh, yeah, There's, sure it might. Uh, there is some. Like, I mean, it's basically to... it's a story about child abuse, but it is very yeah. strange lens Telling of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I give it a face. I think it's a very strong movie, very good at what it's trying to do, I think. The only thing I really didn't get, I know that you say you get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, I don't know if I get it, but I like it. Okay. I thought if you're gonna book in this movie with the you know taking a step back out of this story that you this beautiful world that you've created with the cinematography and everything and show the the plain wood behind the set and everything mm-hmm. it needed to land more it needed to do something it didn't do anything for me at all yeah and i like meta stuff but it just didn't do anything for me <laughs> No, I get you. Yeah. I, I feel like it's just, it's another layer of trying to get the audience to look deeper, you know, and, and like, I, I respect that because I do think most, like, I'll be blatantly honest. I think most of our America's movie audiences have just gotten stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like a lot of people out there. So many people just turn the podcast off right now. I know. I know they <laughs> do. But I feel like, I feel like a lot of people just don't want to think movies that make them think they want to escape and that's totally fine fine. i like a good escape too yeah like i really do like a good escape all i'm asking is that my escape means something and not just be stupid action like i'm I'm, i know a lot of people you you shared with me that uh black adam is is top dog on hbo max right now and (laughs) that's fine but i watched that movie and it's just dumb (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, like, all the people who are complaining about James Gunn coming in and just tearing up the DCU, fucking good. This is what we've you been know, asking yeah, for for years now. I, well, I think it what we're sad end. about is that, you know, the things that we've been promised are being taken yeah. away, too. And But still, I'm okay with that because, like, I like Henry Cavill as Superman. I know. But I'm not excited about a Henry Cavill versus Dwayne The Rock Johnson as Black Adam. Not like that really. doesn't get anything going. Yeah, that's no. fair. I will I'm with you with that. And I honestly, you know, it's been a long time since Man of Steel, but it wasn't the most impressive Superman movie. He's just no. a good Superman. It made me want to vomit. He is a good Superman. And, just let and him be at the same Superman. time. <laughs> and guys, they've all they've all said that they're open for future projects. There can still be a thing like crisis on infinite earth That's will right. probably happen under james gunn yeah it'll happen it'll be fine and they we'll get him get, back they could get ray what's his fuck from legend of tomorrow to play superman again yeah as well oh that'd be great yeah i would love that three supermans just like doctor who yeah 
That'd be great, man. It'd be so good. We are apparently getting a blue blue beetle. I movie. did he see did. that. And yeah, is that under James Gunn or is that an old project? Okay. I think he confirmed I think he confirmed it, so I think it's one of his projects. Okay. So it's very weird. Like I don't understand like I, again, I I'm not gonna question the vision until I see it, but it just it feels like a very weird like we're stepping in, we're gonna do a universe. Our first film, Blue Beetle. <laughs> well sure. <laughs> like, oh. Sure. Well I think there is like, you know, I feel like if you come in to this position that they're in, the archetypes, the architects or whatever, yeah. and then you say, we're going to take away all these things that we promised you, uh, well, that the company promised you before we came in, and, but we yeah. are going to give you basically the same thing but different, people are going to be pissed off. Like People are right. like, okay, yeah. but I could have saw this with Henry Cavill. Why wasn't it Henry Cavill? <laughs> so the, <laughs> i get it so like you're, you're right like they have to come out swinging yeah and that, got, that does make sense he's he's proven himself up. good with the outcast before you yeah know, it was like guardians of was was great it was so like I, I i won't question the vision until i see it but like all i'm saying is black adam was stupid as fuck <laughs> and people really <laughs> really enjoy it and i'm just like i don't get it like it's fine action but it's not good action but is so much better action story dropped too i mean or are they gonna keep that i'm pretty sure they're dropping everything to do with Zack snyder like that's what it seems like Uh, i'm okay yeah go ahead and please drop that ezra miller flash movie too just make a different flash yeah yeah we don't need it i'm pretty sure they're gonna put it out there because it's gonna give them get them a couple million back and then you know yeah they'll be fine with it but hopefully there's just the end like i don't need i don't need more ezra miller as the flash no but all I, that to say yeah. sorry <laughs> but all that to say that i enjoyed the wonder being a movie that's just like please think more you know and that's what the that opening and ending scene are is like hey we're inviting you to believe in these stories similarly to how the villagers wanted to believe in this saint mm-hmm. and then we're we're showing you the movie set to basically put you completely on edge about this faith, you know, to be like, you know, to, to completely set you off guard because it's like, okay, I know I'm watching a movie now, you know, you took me sure. out of it, but then it, but then it's like, please believe in this. So it's like, it's, it's immediately forcing you to question your belief. It's like reverse while psychology. trying to get you to believe. It's, yeah. it's really yeah. strange. And I yeah. don't think that it was necessary to tell this story is that's, and that's, that's fair. Yeah. Thing. I, yeah like yeah it, i want to read the book it's based off of a book by um emma donahue and it, so, when like, they started if... out it's just the typewriter paper the book is the first like 10 pages and the last 10 pages are just typewriter paper stapled in there that's that's gotcha. how they tra- adapted it that's <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of, yeah, I kind of do want to like read that book and know if they play with that, with that fourth wall break kind of a thing. Yeah. You know, it'd be very interesting, but no, I don't, I don't know. Like I get it. It, it definitely was off putting for me. It's just, I've, I've, there's things about it that I really like, but I get where you're coming from. Like it wasn't really necessary, right? but I'm happy they did it. Like I'm happy I, that, that Sebastian... There's... Lelio, the director, yeah. like took that risk. I think there's a way to make it work and to make it work really well. I just it didn't 
it didn't work for me. That's what I'll say. I think I gave the movie a face. I did enjoy it. I probably will watch it again yeah. if somebody's like, hey, have you ever seen this? I'd be like, yeah, piece. put it on. I liked it. Yeah. Um, but I'd much, I think if we're going to talk about who wins, I think I would much rather put Day Shift on again because oh, I had fair. a lot of fun watching that. And um, yeah. it's a stupid movie, but it, it is fun. <laughs> I don't know. I if, think this is one of those. This is one of those episodes where I'm gonna choose the other one solely to give it that credit because I could also choose Day Shift. Like if you were gonna choose the one, I'd probably have chosen Day Shift just because I think both of these are yeah, you know fun. fine films yeah. to sit down and watch. Well, but... fun is not the right word for the wonder, but they're both good movies. Yeah, I, I said think fine. they're about. I know you. Did. I know. And then I said fun, and I was like, well, oh, maybe. I didn't hear you. <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> All right, I think that's been the show. It has been. I uh, thanks for thanks for joining. If you've enjoyed this, you can check uh, check our Patreon page. Give us money. Really Patreon.com slash Green and Faceless. We do appreciate it. We love you all. I am the Green Traveler from Gorsh, and I am the Faceless Leon. Safe travels in Gnet. Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of Fiction Works Nineteen. Are you a fan of the show? Feel free to contact us at greenandfacelessfans at gmail.com or visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. Don't forget to comment, like, and subscribe or rate us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening.